podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. Not gonna lie, I don't like a Premier League game, certainly not midweek. Um, it almost had the makings of a turgid, turgid result and performance at Turf Moor. But you know what? The Reds came back swinging and bouncing back. Some huge changes as well, but job done, still unbeaten. Thank you very much. And we're live again, as usual. This is going to be a regular thing. So a shout out to everyone who's joining us live. We've got some callers as well on the Discord app who will be joining us as well. But you know what? This isn't a one-woman show. It's all about the panels. So you know what? I've got a strong lineup. Let me introduce you to them. First up, I have the host of the co-host of the Reds Review podcast, the Champions League podcast, and the Wrestling Pro Wrestling Index podcast. It's Andy Wales. Andy, welcome to the show. Hi there, Nina. Thanks for having me on again. It's been a little while. I know it's been ages, but you know it's great to have you back, and you know winning ways. And whoa, um, it's it's been a minute since I've podcasted with this guy. He was considered my good luck charm last season. It's the king of fume himself. Um, Mr. Cuzzy, Cuzzy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, long time no speak to. I know you don't speak to me anymore, but it's great to have you on. And guess what? The Reds won. So your record is still intact. And yeah. I just want to let you know we are live on this Nina Kyle's show. So no swearing, please. <laughs> swear more than me. So <laughs> I know exactly. It was just me should, taking the absolute yeah. piss. <laughs> I, should, I should be able to contain myself. I think we won. So not too much swearing anyway. So yeah. Absolutely. You know what? Before we get to the callers, I want to get your initial reaction. Um, Kuzi, what did you make of that? Um, a well thought out performance result. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was um, the, the, the change in emotion. Um, the last half an hour compared to the first half an hour couldn't be. It, it could. It couldn't be more of a contrast. Yeah. Really. Um, starting lineup. I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in, yes. in probably more detail. Seven, seven changes. So I think everyone would have had raised eye, eyebrows. Um, and then the start was, you know, I think inevitably slow with all the changes, slow passing. Um, and I had my head in my hands a lot of the time during that first sort of 20, 30 minutes. Then we seemed to have a, you know, a decent spell with Navigator playing quite well. Um, and then the second half was just a lot different. You know, I, I'm not sure if we made any sort of tactical changes, um, but we seemed to have more space uh, all of a sudden. I don't, I don't know if that was because Burnley tired, but we seemed to have more space to pass and to do some you know mm. clever things be a bit more inventive and get get the spaces and um yeah. absolutely um we made it count well it i'm 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 leaving out the goal because i don't even really want to talk about that at the moment I'm, no I'm no no the less let's not let's not talk about the goal but, um uh, we well, just we like to get in this count um yeah. sort of in that in that in that period the goal is a weird one but i'm sure we'll talk about it in, in that more detail but it, it did it did seem to wake us up and and then um, we were pretty positive after that we were absolutely. I mean, I mean, Andy, just um, your brief thoughts on this. Um, your thoughts after that result? Um, just r- relieved as much as yeah. anything. Uh, you know, after after that's the thing. 
is after the emotion of, of the Everton game and, and the, you know, how it finished and everyone's on a high because of the way that we won and, and when the timing of the win and everything, uh, it's just imperative that you follow that up with, with another win, especially against the team's second bottom of the league. And it would have mm-hmm. been typical Liverpool, you know, to the highest of the highs of getting that 96 minute winner and all the laughter that we had, you know, and the way that it came about to then go and drop points against Burnley. So for us to, to come back from going behind in a pretty turgid game and to end up, um, you know, doing okay towards the end, but sealing the points is just relief. Yeah. Uh, and, and looking forward to pressing onto the weekend because it's, we've just got to keep that pressure on City at the moment. So there's a lot of, of games to come. So I think we're going to expect a few more of these kind of performances at the moment. Yeah, I'll take them as long as we get the three points. And you're right, we've got to keep the pressure on Manchester City, who won, of course, yesterday. Okay, we have some callers lined up. So you know what? We're going to go to our first caller, Mo Abbas. Hi, Lynn. Can you hear me? You sound absolutely perfect. Uh, Thank you for joining us on the Nina Kaza show. You are joined by Andy and Cluzzy. So you know what? (coughs) The floor's yours. Share your points, your thoughts. Um... Well, my main point was really around Naby's play today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he had a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was loving the little flicks and flick-ons with Sturridge and little one-twos. It seems like he has a real connection with him in terms of playing and moving the ball forward. And I think it's been one of his best performances for us up to date. I just wanted to get the panel's uh, thoughts on his performance. You know what? There ain't going to be many that disagree with you. I mean... Kuzia, I'll come to you first on this one. You kind of touched on it when I just asked you your brief thoughts and you gave me one of your monologues. Um, you, you, you kind of mentioned Naby Keita there and I thought he was one of the bright sparks, even in the turgid first half. I know the second half we had a glow up, but I, I really appreciate his sort of, um, his dribbling through the middle of the park and the driving runs and sort of trying to link up and connect with the attackers. You know, something that we've really been lacking when when that kind of player isn't playing I felt like he was definitely that creative spark and uh, as a result of it other players performances to me looked better as well it, it opens up spaces doesn't it when you mm. commit um, and he's good running with the ball so he, he commits he commits people and he, and he tends to use the ball um, cleverly when he when he does commit people um, he looked to be back on the sort of form that he was in the first couple of games of the season. Um, yeah. He looked really confident away at Palace way back in August now. And the um, first game of the season, was it West Ham he played? West Ham, yes, it was. Well. Mm. But um, since he was, I think, left out against Leicester um, and then come back, he had a poor, I think it was against Napoli away, or was, was pretty poor and got injured. And since then, <laughs> he had a bit of a sort of iffy time in and out of the side. But I think today was the first time since that those early games where he looked sort of back to being confident um and um yeah so the, the, the dribbling is is an attribute that you, that definitely stands out and and the clever little passes as well the understanding there with um with with storage is, is encouraging and it was i think the, the 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 couple of moments in the first half was the, the really the only sort of bright spots in that first half um but yeah i think out of the, the outfield players i probably he'd probably be um at the attacking players sorry i i, I think um he was probably the the the, the best out of out the bunch um, it was really impressive today. No, absolutely. It's great to see him that, you know, put in that kind of performance. And uh, it's, it was certainly a joy to watch, wasn't it, um, Andy? Because I felt like where we were sort of lacking inspiration, I felt like he, you knew that he could create something. And I just felt like his performance, like he was just so unlucky to not get a goal today because it, he really fancied himself. 
Yeah, and he, and he unleashed that thunder bastard of a shot. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I took pleasure in telling everyone that he has in him. Um, I know Joe Hart did get the, the you know the the minutest of fingertips to it, and the commentator on on my screen was saying how uh, you know that was going to go in if it wasn't for those fingertips. I don't think that was the case, but it's a hell of a shot. I think it was really pleasing to see him play so well tonight. He played with a bit more freedom, I thought, and mm. it looks as though the shackles have come off him a little bit, which is good again, you know, because of that. That's the that's the real cater. I mean, you've seen it yourself. I'm sure you know in the Bundesliga games mm. at Leipzig, his you give him a bit of freedom, let him express himself. He will put the work in. He'll get around the pitch. He'll put his foot in. He's not frightened to do that. He's got a bit of a nasty side to him as well, which is nice. He's on the end of lots of loose balls as well today, which is really appreciative as a, mm. you know, you want that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, the thing that I really, really enjoyed today though, was three or four of his first touches. He just took the ball out of the air. Like, Oh my word. You know, and it was just beautiful because for me that the first touch is just a little, you know, a little bit of an indication of confidence, and and it was just such a delicious first touch. On that point, Andy, there was some cockiness at the end as well, wasn't there? When we were three one up, did you see him when he was juggling well, with take, the ball? I'll, oh. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that all day long. Yeah, that that kind of confidence on the ball belief, and 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 as because you mentioned there, you know, that bit of understanding with uh, with Studge, you know, that them two obviously we. There's been reports on that them, them two get along off the pitch. Sturridge mm-hmm. has really helped him settle into the squad. I think it was clear on Sunday when he came on, there are still some language issues in terms of communication on the pitch with a few players, a little bit of misunderstanding at times. So I think as he settles in and he gets his English gets better and he gets more adept at everything, he will come into it more and more and more. But it's just great to see him with the ball at his feet, doing what he does. And and him looking, you know, the player that we know he can be. And this is not, you know, this is not him at his best, but it was still a good performance and it was really pleasing to see him out there. And like I say, them shackles being took off. I mean, can we actually have a discussion on this language thing as well? Because, like, I mean, you know, with all due respect, Adam Lallana, first language is English. I mean, it doesn't mean that he's fluent in football. I mean, you look at someone like, say, I don't know, like Luis Suarez, who who I thought, you know, took some time to sort of learn the language as well, spoke very basic English by the end of, by the time that he left the country. Um, it's it's huge, of course, it's huge. Um, you know, everyone always puts a lot of emphasis on, oh, you should be able to speak the language, but like. I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. I think if you're a good footballer, you're a good footballer. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just add in, I just add in that Phil, Phil Coutinho didn't speak English, basically, for his entire four years in Anfield? And David De Gea still gives interviews in Spanish. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you have to be fluent. I don't think that that's the case at all. I think you just have, you know, so, so you can have... Obviously, you know, top tier footballers have like an understanding in terms of movement yeah. and where other people go. I think just some base level ability yeah. to communicate with each other, just a little bit of understanding. Yes, you know, just the little, little um, commands that you give each other out on the pitch, uh, just them little things. I, and I just think it makes that split second of difference rather than you reacting and then you're seeing and, and going with it, them shouts instead. Uh, I think it just makes that, that little bit of difference. And that'll come. That that will all come. Plus the understanding and everything else like that. It will. It will all come in time because that this guy is a serious, serious talent. So you know, it was a good performance tonight. But you know, lick your lips because there's there's plenty more and and more and more besides to come from him. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Mo, uh, thank you so much for the first discussion point. We're starting on the positive, so thank you for that, talking about Nabi Keita. We're going to go on to our, our next caller on the Discord app. It's G's on Toast. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hiya, hiya. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I'm going to have midnight munchies now. Give us your <laughs> thoughts and points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I wanted to say that um, I thought for the first half, I was starting to get really worried that it was all going wrong. Like, once Burnley mm. scored... And uh, Joe, I think Joe Hart made a couple of good saves as well. Um, and I feel like in previous seasons that might have been a game that we we would have struggled to have gone on. You know, we would have struggled for the rest of the game, but probably would have lost. But this season there seems to be so much more character in the team, mm. um, and we've got we've got much more fight in us. And so we came back. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it feels a lot more promising this season that we're going to do something good. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned this. And you know what, Cousy? Um, I'm going to come to you first on this one because, again, you, you kind of touched on this when, when we first opened this pod up and you, you kind of spoke about the first half and you being really worried. And, you know, it felt very disjointed, I thought. You know, the first half felt very disjointed. We were quite frustrated. And, of course, adding on to all of that was, of course, the Joe Gomez um, unnecessary injury, you know, playing him in a different position where, you know, I, you know, I don't like him at right back anyway, but, you know, there was all that. There was a lot of frustration. Um, Joe Hart, um, I, I felt like the pundits were sort of hyping him up too much uh, again. I mean, don't get me wrong, he produced some very, very good saves and it was just kind of quite frustrating. But I felt like Liverpool grew into that game and, you know, there's a lot of talking points with regards to all that. I mean, we can even go even further and deeper by saying Klopp was bang on with his reaction with regards to the subs. You know, there's there's a lot you can take away from that. So I want to get your thoughts of how Liverpool reacted to the first half and going a goal down as well, because, um, you know, it, it shows, uh, I hate to use the word, but, you know, it shows character because usually I'd, I I worry about Liverpool when we go a goal down. Absolutely. I, I've been, I was worrying about this fixture from Monday. Um, it just felt like, to me anyway, this Premier League era Liverpool, um, just the sort of game that we, we tend to slip up in a draw or a defeat. Um, so I had that sort of nagging worry in the back of my mind from 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 sort of after the um you know the jubilation of the Merseyside Derby sort of wore off. Just a, a bit a bit concerned about that. Then you see the team sheet and you think, oh, um this is gonna be a struggle there. And then and then that performance as as you know we've been mentioning in the first sort of half an hour or so. Um it did it it, it did look like one of those where in previous seasons we probably would have dropped points, probably would have lost the game, especially going to go down. Um you know, the home team sort of gets confident and the fans get loud and then all of a sudden we're under the caution, we concede two and three. Um, and we've only sort of recently, I say recently, probably over the last maybe 12 months or so, we sort of come out of the habit of conceding and then conceding two and three. Um, I think it's... Yeah, even at 2-1 last season, we concede last minute, right? Yeah. You know, about two seasons ago. What, what I think is an underrated statistic is conceding one goal one and goal keeping it one um, that's something that we've been really good at over the last sort of several months now. Yeah, so um, I think an an, an understated statistic is um, being able to concede one goal, especially away from home. You concede one, the crowd gets up, the team gets confident, the opposition get confident, and you manage to, you know, to keep it at that. You remain solid. We didn't really give up too many chances after conceding that goal, and I think in previous seasons we would have probably gone two or maybe three down. Um, this time. We're, you know, we're really solid. We've been that way for a while now. And, um, yeah, we just managed to sort of 
get ourselves back into the game. And to be honest, I think we were sort of getting into the game in terms of creatively before um, before um, conceding that goal. I think mm. like a couple of minutes before that, we had the. I think that's when we had the shots from um, from um, from from Keita and another shot on target. I think from Sturridge and yeah. Hart made a couple of good saves um, that the commentators seem to really like. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we got into it really well, and um, and we just went from strength to strength after after equalising, and didn't really give up too many chances after that. So I think being solid at, solid at the back is is definitely sort of I think the main ingredient that um you know is, is sort of changing the narrative yeah. of, around around our sort of you know when you mm-hmm. look at it and you think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough one, a potential banana skin. Being solid at the back definitely it really does help um sort of sure. you know, break, break away from that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Andy, I'm going to come to you because I think um, Cozy made some really good points there. And one of the key moments for me was it was 2-1 and Alisson produces another monster save. Yeah, he's he's done this a few times this season. You know, it's I mean. things like that, isn't it, that I feel like this is the turn or this is a very different Liverpool because, you know, in the past, we've not known to do that. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, even even the third goal... You know, he, he makes that save, he, he comes out, claims it, we're straight on the counter-attack. Yeah. He spots it, it's straight out, we're positive, 3-1 looks conclusive. But it's only conclusive because of the save, and then he gets us back on the front foot immediately, spotting the opportunity to take advantage, and we take it. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's the ball, it, you know, it's that other side to him. But the saves, I mean, you think back to that PSG game, as disappointing as it was that we lost, that could have been humiliating if it yes. wasn't for Alisson. And let's mm-hmm. not forget that, you know, the first half, for all of talking about the things that went on, we're not going to go fully into that game. But were it not for the a couple, two or three of the saves that he made, it could have been humiliating. He made, he obviously made uh, a couple of saves at the weekend, the game against Evan, you know, th- that one where he got the strong hand against Walcott. At key moments in games when we need him, he's delivering. He's standing up. He's stepping up, and he's delivering. And he and he has been an incredible signing so far. Really has. Obviously, there's that big blunder that everyone loves to talk about and whatnot. But other than that, he's he's been absolutely fantastic. And and I would say, don't want to <laughs> jinx him here, but up to now, he's been the best goalkeeper in the league, to my money. Here, here. You know what? And I think it, I think the unit is absolutely perfect as well and you know speaking of the unit one of them um, went off injured today and we have a message here in the chat box from um Maul MT Sal on 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 Twitter um of course um, I follow him on there and um he's basically put a tweet up by Ben Dinnery and Klopp confirms Gomez will have his ankle assessed on Thursday quote Joe is injured and probably not just a little bit we'll have to wait and see I mean, your thoughts on that, lads. I mean, we've got some monster, massive games coming up and he has been, like, pinnacle in our solid defending. Uh, Cousy, I'll come to you first on that one. The, the scariest thing, the proposition is Napoli, I think. That, that, mm. That's the game we look at and think we could really do with him in that. Um, I think we'll be all right league-wise if we were, say he was out for a month just for argument's sake. I think we could cope. Um, the team's defending well. The goalkeeper, as, as Andy was mentioning there, is, 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 is playing brilliant. Um, and even the games that Lovren has come in, for example, we've actually been solid in them. Um, so I am not. I'm, al- I'm also. I'm obviously gutted for Gomez that he's you know he's missed a lot of time through injury and it looks like he's going to be out again. So I'm gutted for him. 
but I think we'll be okay if he's not out for too long. Um, but yeah, I, I've got so my concern here now is that with with Gomez out, we've got a lot of games over this over this mm. next two months. If, if he's out for a for an extended period, uh, Virgil Van Dijk cannot play every minute of, of of every game, and that would be my concern: is that defense without Virgil Van Dijk or Joe Gomez at the centre? That would be my concern. Mm, absolutely. Let's bring Jesus on toss back in. Right. Um, uh, welcome back, Nicholas. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on what we've just discussed, and of course, the Joe Gomez news as well. Um, yeah, it's not great news about Gomez, I think. Um, and it's going to be a struggle because I'm not sure that Lovren or Matic can really stand up to um, to be as good as him. Um, but but I think going back to Allison, I think Allison having, having a really good keeper in, in the sticks is you know it's so important. If you look at where United. Um, would be if they didn't have De Gea making so many good saves for them all the time. You know, it's it's really important that we have a good keeper. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see how things go, I suppose, in the future. Can we have I mean, a minute to laugh at David De Gea today, please, after his showing? <laughs> Somebody said he pickford something. Did he pickford something? <laughs> no, it was he worse. Did, yes, he simulated it. He simulated it, mate. Yeah, he palmed it up into the air and then it went just over the line. Oh, shit. He just he just wants to be put. He just wants to go to Juventus, doesn't he? Really badly. He just wants out. <laughs> That's it. He wants out. Please. He wants out big time. Yeah, I'd love to see where they finish without him. Uh, well, um, geez, Antos, thank you so much um, for your your thoughts and your comments. Um, we're going to move on to our third caller, a familiar voice. Um, you hear him many a times on the USA podcast and on the Nina Casa show, Dylan Cavallo. I will, you know, you'd think I'd perfect your surname by now, but you know what? With great power comes great responsibility. And I like butchering surnames. I'm really sorry, Dylan. I do try, but I just can't perfect it. Dylan, welcome to the show you know you're closer than most on the surname so i'm going to give you a pass nina all right i appreciate it i appreciate it all right so since uh most of these guys took most of the talking points i wanted i'm just going to say you know we all bitch and moan before the game about uh, the team sheet when it comes out and what we would have done and what we would have preferred and although it was a shit first half uh we reacted in the second half they got lucky on their goal it was offsides. I don't care what anybody. I don't care what Ian Dowie has to say. Fuck that guy. Mm. Um, we really reacted. Klopp reacted when he, you know, made his subs. And uh, I just really want to say it was great to see Bobby get a goal. And I really hope he starts firing because, man, I love it when Bobby is firing. I love his dances. I love his celebrations. And it just makes everything better for the team. It certainly does. Andy, I'll come to you first on this one. I mean, you and I, we've been on many pods and we've always, um, you know, if, if, if we are to criticise Jurgen Klopp, it is always like he's quite late and his reactions are quite slow in, in games. And this season they have slowly been improving and then sometimes he reverts back to subbing players on really late. Like he's done it to Naby Keita like on the 93rd minute or something stupid where it's just utterly pointless. By the time he runs onto the pitch, it's time to come back off. This time round, you know, um, he made those subs um, pretty quick and dare I say they were impact subs I mean one gets a goal the other one gets an assist thank you very much yeah and his sub at the weekend uh, came up uh, Trump's yeah. as well didn't it is a hang on, have I got this right? Divock Origi has scored and assisted in the space of like four days and Virgil van Dijk has this now in two games them two games <laughs> yeah it'd be something like that yeah I love it <laughs> so does, does that mean Divock Origi is now on course for the Ballon d'Or 
Should be, should be. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it is it is pleasing that um, you know the subs are making an impact. He's making substitutions that are making an impact because that has been a criticism that's been levelled at him. And and to you know, it's there's, there's certainly foundation behind it, and it's it's an area that he still needs to improve. There are misgivings that I have as much as I love the guy. Unfortunately, he's not perfect. And there are things in there like a little bit too much loyalty to some, to certain players and a bit of stubbornness at times and whatnot. But um, I think at times some people will get a bit too caught up in some of the things he says in press conferences when we should really take them with um, a bit more than a pinch of salt. A tablespoon. Uh, yeah, a shovel full of salt, I think, would probably be apt. <laughs> because he's, he's a guy that, you know, we don't want Mourinho in charge. I never want someone with who's that destructive with that lack of class in charge of my club. And he will, he will not throw his players under the bus. He will protect them. And, and, it, sure. and he does it that he does that in different ways. So there's times when we do want him to call people out just because you're angry, but he won't do that. And maybe that reflects sometimes in the substitutions, the way that he manages the game as well, that he's got so much faith in players that he wants to give them that opportunity longer than maybe he should do. But it has been pleasing that um, them changes in like today and uh, at the weekend that that did come off for him and and long may that continue because yeah, there's, it's going to be a hell of a haul over the next couple of months. So I dare say we're going to need to use the squad as much as we possibly can. And we're going to have to rotate as simple as that. We have to Mm -hmm. rotate. We just cannot keep picking the team over and over and over and over again. For sure. Uh, just at one point on that, Ian Dowie, I, I heard him as well. Jesus Christ. I, I just I don't know how many times I wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, so a tackle just above the ball, midway through the shin, going over the top of the ball on Moreno. Um, yeah, that was probably a foul. And their goal, maybe it was offside. Yeah, just he was only like, what, two yards? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, anyway. I'm done with Ian Dowie. Absolutely. And you know what? It's it's good that it's... At the time, of course, we were all furious and we were, you know, we were all fuming with it. But it's nice, the fact that we got three back and it's just like, yeah, whatever. You you, t- you take your illegal goal. Um, bring on VAR next season, VAR, should I say, next season. That's all I'm going to say. Because, yeah, I'm going to come to you because... We have so many games coming up and Jurgen Klopp has to rotate. That's why he's got this squad, right? They, you know, players might play that you might not like or you might not think are good enough. Uh, but against Burnley, he has to experiment. And of course, we've got the early kickoff on Saturday. And um, one thing I really liked were the, the two front men that are the show starters. Usually when they came on, they looked really bright. It was almost like they needed that little rest. I mean, I I, I thought you'd make changes. It's just a seven seemed a bit excessive to me. That's how I felt about it at the time. So obviously, you know, he, he needs to keep um, the team fresh. And I've been watching, I've been looking at the um, the other um, starting lineups of, of the other top six clubs as well. And they've, and they've been making sort of three or four changes. Um, just the seven sort of caught me off guard, um, especially when you're making changes in every sort of section of the pitch as well, the, you know, defence, midfield and, and up top. Seemed a bit excessive, but, you know, after getting the result and sort of making impactful substitutes, um, Sort of feel less 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 bothered about it. Um, it would have been a lot different if we lost the game today. Um, I, th- I think you'd had a lot more fume about the the, um, the the decision to leave so many so many players out or make so many changes. Um, but yeah, the the, the the subs were good, and he done something that he doesn't usually do, which is making a double sub. 
And um, I think he's done that because I think in his mind, he sees the subs he's bringing on as improving what's on the pitch. And in that and in that regard, he's not afraid to make those substitutions. It's where you've got players <clears throat> on the bench who are probably inferior to what's on the pitch. He seems reluctant to make changes, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and that's sort of been the case for the majority of the season where he's bringing players on like Sturridge, for example, in the 88th minute. He gets the equaliser at Chelsea, but then he does it again, I think, a game later or a couple of games later. And, you know, and, and it doesn't quite come off. And, you, you, you know, as a fan, you get frustrated. Um, but, um, yeah. but, yeah, you're right. I mean, in this in this period of the season, you do definitely have, have to make changes. I, I wouldn't make changes at centre-back if I can help it, though. I mean, obviously, yes. Gomez's, Gomez's injury means that we are sort of forced into it. But um, I wouldn't be leaving out Van Dijk. Um, by choice nope. in any league game, <laughs> it'd be the uh, he's the catalyst really, and I wouldn't I wouldn't leave him out. Um, there's going to be rotation in midfield and up top, and um, I think we'll be okay for the majority of the time. It's where we've got sort of big games playing against the likes of Arsenal, Manchester United, and Manchester City. You're going to want your your, your strongest available side uh, for those games. Absolutely, and whilst you've been speaking, um, there's been a lot of chat. Um, uh, in in our chat box here uh, on on Dowie, and there are some really really ugly pictures that are gracing my screen right now. He looks like that sloth kid from is it the Goonies? What's he called? That really ugly thing. Really Can't remember his name. Character. He's called <laughs> Sloth. Yeah, Sloth. That is exactly what he looks like. Oh my god! We were actually having a chat people pre um pre pod like who's the ugliest man in football. My shout was um. Bruce, but I think um, after that picture that um, Vern Wright has just put up, uh, I don't know, it could be, could be in Dowie, you know. <clears throat> Hella ugly. Needs to fucking glow up. <laughs> right, well, you know what? Um, <laughs> we're going to go back to uh, Dylan. Dylan, you've, you've heard what the panel have said. I'll let you have the final thought um, before we let you go. No, you guys are bang on. I've I, I pretty much said my piece. I'm just fucking glad that we won today because... Mando, we really needed an Owen, another one for sure. Keep up with City and just fucking hate losing, especially the dross like Burnley. But uh, thanks for having me on, Nin. I'll be back now that I know that I can get this mic working. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Well, you know what? You should hate losing. It's not all season. And touch wood, and I am, I'm, t- I'm grabbing my desk as we speak. It's not going to happen all season. Thank you so much, Dylan. I've got a question for you all. Oh, God, what? So it's not mine, actually. It's Hefty Horses who had to run off before. Okay. You know, he's, 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 he's going to race. Get it? Hefty Horse in a race. Anyway, um, so basically... Such a shit asked, joke. Okay. I know. Dad jokes. That's what my girls say. Dad, such a dad joke. Anyway, he goes... He's asking about the squad depth and what you feel on that. Is it enough to challenge? Uh, is it still very light in terms of how that team performed in the first half? Um, I, I mean, I just want to add more to it. Was it because they'd not played much together that it was so disjointed as well? And overall, what would you, what were your feelings on, you know, so many changes? It mm. was Burnley and it wasn't Bournemouth who, who are a bit of a better team. If you had a choice, which one would you go for? 
Okay, you just asked about 50 million questions and now the attention span of a fucking toddler. But okay, yeah, but they don't, so just go to them. <laughs> okay, lads, what did you make of that? <laughs> okay, you know what? Cuzzy, I'm going to come to you first. What I'll do is I'll break it down. So, Cuzzy, I will come to you with a portion regarding is our squad good enough, uh, squad depth good enough to um, challenge Manchester City for the title. I know what you're going to say, but hit me with it. If you asked me at the beginning of this season, I'd have said, no, it's not quite good enough. Um, the way we've started has exceeded my expectations. Um, between now and when we play City away, I think it's going to be the true test because we've got like a game every sort of 10 minutes between now and, and, and early Jan before you, you get the break for the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can rotate and, and then play City and still be in touching distance, then I think we get a bit of breathing space for the rest of the season. You don't have games every two, three days as much. And the FA Cup starts and then Europe doesn't start again until February. Um, so this, I think this is, the, this is the test. If you can get through this period and still get good results, still be unbeaten, still be close to City, then I'll start changing my mind about how good I think this squad is. Um, you know, my sort of looking at the fixtures and knowing we would have to rotate, I thought, we would, I thought City would pull, a, pull a more of a gap um, over us in the chasing pack, um, but um, you know we look we look as if we're a bit more resilient, and we mm. might actually we might get away with it. Um, but um, I think yeah, that, that, that's my take. You know what? I'll be honest with you. You've actually shocked me there. I'm shook if I nearly fell off my chair. I thought you were going to say, no, we're, we're shit. We're not good enough next. Um, that's what I honestly <laughs> thought you were going to say. I am actually quite surprised you said that. Um, You've shot me there. And Andy, I'll come to you and I want to, I'm going to try remembering the question of, it was quite a long one. Of course, um, Cuddy there spoke about squad depth. I'd like to get your, your two cents worth on that. And also, um, with regards to the players that come in, I think Cuddy's made some good points there. And I think the original question from Hefty Horse was, the reason why maybe they looked a little off in the first half was because they haven't played an awful lot. There was a lot of changes, not an awful lot of game time. And if you are going to make all those changes, you got to do it against a team like Burnley rather than Bournemouth, which kind of ties in nicely to a question as well. A point by Ollie Chuck LFC says, what do the panel make of uh, the game management today? So again, that ties in quite nicely with what we're discussing here. I think on the number of changes, I think because he was right, you know, it, it was a lot of changes and probably more than you'd like to make. Mm. We, obviously, we we do need to be rotating. It is There's just so many games coming up. And you would expect to have to probably make more changes for this game than than the Bournemouth game. And I think you'd, you'd not just in terms of form and quality, but the, the style... Of, of the team that you're coming up against, the types of players that you're going to need on the pitch to break them down and who's who's what game's going to be more suited to who and who can you get in and maybe get away with, you know, getting some minutes under the belt for certain players. So it's it's that kind of juggling act, isn't it? It's all, you know, horses for courses and all that. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you're concentrating on all, all them games whilst in the back of your mind, you know that next week we've got that huge Champions League game at home to Napoli as well. So you've got to balance it out in order that, the, the you know, your main players are all going to be fresh enough to hopefully take us through to the knockout stages of the Champions League. And then you've got United. It's just so thick and fast. It's very, very demanding. And I think, um, I, I, I might be wrong here, but I, I think uh, Sai Brundish said, you know, some weeks back that we really needed to start rotating before now in order that we've got a bit more sharpness around the squad 
rather than you wait till uh, you actually hit them you know, the influx of games before you start uh, juggling things around so it's it's a difficult one and uh, and I think the narrative will always be dependent upon the result you know you think of that Everton game and and think tonight you know and if it had ended a draw against Everton and we hadn't won tonight, you know, the narrative would have been very, very different. So it's mm. obviously the narrative is driven by the result and we're in a results business. So if it comes off, great. If it doesn't, he's going to get pelters for it. But the fact of the matter is we've we've got to do it, but it's just balancing it out. And, 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 just, and that is going to be the test of really whether that um, the depth that we've got is of sufficient quality. Absolutely. And, you know, on just a complete side note, I'm looking at the chat box and we have a little compliment uh, to Andy here from Dan Rhodes, our editor and, you know, one of the, the top stats guy on the Under Pressure podcast. Um, he he wrote, I thought Andy was David Priest then. I wish I have to settle for this one. <laughs> I don't get David Priest all the time on the pods. <laughs> he must be a good looking guy, is he? I'm not one to comment. I only, I only, you know what? I only talk about Shakiri's. I just sound like a complete and utter perv, but that's another story for another day. Okay. Um, I think we might be joined by somebody else. Kiwi Hans, are you there? I'm here, Nina. Welcome to the show. I believe you have a very good question. Yeah, I was just wondering if you think we'll uh, see more from Klein with uh, Gomez out over the Christmas periods. So we don't kill Trent. You know what? The pennies just dropped, and I've just figured out who you are. It is Martin from the Nowhere Podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Ta-da. I know I've not spoken to you in ages. I hope you're well. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. That is a very good question. And Cousy, I will come to you first on this one. I mean, again, he's a bit of a forgotten man, is Nathaniel Klein. Could this be a little window, a little opening maybe for him trying to get some game time or just putting himself out there in the shop window? Your thoughts? Could it happen? It could um, if we need to um, rotate Trent. Um, mm. Because if Trent gets a knock or needs a rest, then who, who's, who's the third choice right back? It's got to be Klein, right? Yeah. Unless Fabinho goes in there. Um, oh yeah, I, there's a shout. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just seems to have really fought down the pecking order, hasn't he? Um, really fell down the pecking order, Klein. Um, going from first choice gets the injury and then seems to have disappeared. Um, but uh, we could see him. Um, we might see him if we have a, an easy-ish on paper third round FA Cup tie. Um, and Goldman is still out by then. Um, but um, I don't think he'll be getting a run anytime soon. Probably one mm. or two. One or two outings, and that's probably it. Third round is against Wolves away. Well, there's some comments coming in whilst we're speaking about Klein. Dan Rhodes, again, he he wants to take over. He goes, I'd rather see Joe over Klein. And um, uh, Mo Empty Sal said we had Camacho, who was on the bench tonight. So, you know, those are alternatives, um, potentially. And Andy, I'll come to you. Your thoughts on, on Klein? Or do you think he's pretty much done? I forgot what um, he looks like, to be honest. I, I'd, I guess I would suspect he is done. I Personally, I like him. I would like him to be involved. I'd like to see him getting on the pitch and used as a rotation. Um, I know he's nowhere near as good as Trent going forward, but he's solid. Uh, he's dependable, good pace. You know, he, he was, he was, he's a, really, he was a good fullback and... 
whatever's happened, I, I don't know. And, and I guess none of us will really know. You get all sorts of rumours, but then, hey-ho, it's football. There's all sorts of mad rumours about every player. Um, I'd, I'd like to see him used, but I, I, I guess that it's probably unlikely to happen. So um, let's hope we've got somebody else to call on if um, if Klein's not going to be used and that's not going to be an option. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, the injury to Gomez is not as we need to Seriously. get over. We need to get over Klein. We really need to move along from Klein because it's quite clear the manager is not playing him, and we can, we can, we can, we can, you know, fawn over it as much as we want. But the evidence suggests I would like to have, you know, I would actually like him to have a go. But the evidence suggests he's not going to get a go. There's nothing. Forget about it. Just move on. It's going to be for being a lot of that. Yeah, play Somebody's been there. watching too much Donny Brasco. Forget about it. Forget, Forget about it. it. Forget about <laughs> it. If, if, if he got the Sacco treatment where he was just not, you didn't even see him in training photos, then, you know, I, I would agree. But he has been getting picked in certain match day squads, even though he hasn't been brought on. So um, I'm not sure whether. It's he's completely done. I mean, look at look. We, we've had we've had Divock um, come in and play a couple of games. No one ever thought that would happen. Um, so um, I don't know. I don't think the chapter, the client chapter. I don't think it's absolutely closed yet. But we'll see. Come on, Kleiny. He's, he's from he's from my neck of the woods as well. So I'm I'm, I'm a bit biased. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> okay, so there's an interesting chat there. I mean, you you kind of mentioned Fabinho there, and um, I'll I'll let Martin have the final say because you kind of typed something there about Fabinho. So I'll let you have the final say say there, Martin. Would you play Fabinho right back? No, because he's just establishing himself in midfield, and mm-hmm. it would be terrible to see him moved away. So we get to see that uh, PSG away midfield some more over Christmas. That would just be horrible. There you go. Look at that. So many conflicting um, uh, opinions. But the majority in our chat box do not want to see Klein play. So um, I'm sorry, lads, you are in the minority there, unfortunately. Right. Well, Martin, thank you so much for calling. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure. You take care and do call in again and I'll speak to you very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, so at the moment we're we're kind of freezing on the callers there, and um, let's carry on talking about um, uh, some key points of this game or some key performers. Uh, I feel like we can discuss maybe the performance of Virgil Van Dyke and Andy. I will come to you first on this one because again, um, another monster performance from this guy. Yeah, he just calmness personified. He was uh, cool as a cucumber. All them cliches. Um, he's just solid. He just he runs things back there. And sometimes, I mean, I I I know when he first came, I, I my feeling was I prefer to see Matip alongside him than than Lovren. Uh, you know, and just with, with Lovren, you're not quite sure what you're going to get, and I don't think Lovren's sure what he's going to give at times. Uh, Matip's a bit more. A bit more controlled, but I think Klopp maybe doesn't feel he's aggressive enough, and and that's the only thing with with Matip at times. Certainly against a team like Burnley, you wondered how that would uh, perhaps be uh, picked apart by them. But 
but I thought they 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 worked quite well as a pair. I thought they were quite solid together, and mm. and again, you know, virtually he's the organizer. He runs that back line, and it's just such a nice understanding there as well with with Allison at the back with them. So it's 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 just glorious to see as um, a commanding centre half that looks like he could play for any team in the world in a, in the red shirt of Liverpool. It, it's it's glorious. Love the guy. Yeah, I think I think not many would disagree with you on that one, because um, if you've got a point, if you've got a point to make on a uh, Virgil Van Dijk, anything you'd like to add? Um, uh, now's your chance. Um, he was imperious today. Absolutely mm. fantastic. Um, I can't think of anything poorly that he did. He was spraying passes. Um, I mean, he had Ian Dowie, absolute, you know, <laughs> Ian Dowie was absolutely having orgasms in the um, in, in, in the gantry at, at, at the passes he, he, he was spraying. Um, the defending was just, was, was perfect. I think he got blocked for, was it their goal, I think, or, or one of the set pieces they had, he got blocked off and they managed to um, to get through. Other than that, just fantastic. Um, this tactic that a couple of teams have, have adopted where they try and block him at set pieces, that's going to need addressing. They probably need to find a way to uh, make sure we don't let that happen. But, um, I mean, he's, 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 he's so obviously good that teams are, are, are trying to sort of, you know, to, to, to pick stuff out and, 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 and work on ways to actually block him. He's, he's, been, he's been that good. Um, you know, we, we often sort of compare Man City to ourselves and, and talk about what they have that we don't. Um, when I watched them against Watford, um, in the last five minutes, Watford sort of piled pressure on them and they couldn't win a header at all in those in those last five minutes. And I was just saying to myself or thinking to myself that with us, it's completely the opposite. When teams launch balls into our pen- penalty area in the sort of last 10 or five minutes of games, he just clears everything. Just puts his head on absolutely anything. It doesn't matter where the ball goes, he just, seem, he just seems to be on the end of it. And um, yeah, he's he's just been he's been magnificent. I, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was this good. And I didn't I didn't I knew he would make an impact, but not you know as much as as, as what has happened. Six goals conceded in um, mm. fifteen games now. I know it's not all down to him. There's there's things t- tactically that we do better now. You have a better keeper, and I think yeah, structurally we're probably a bit more sound. But yeah, he's the catalyst, isn't he? He's just he's just fantastic. Um, and he's been ever present since we signed him, so that's just been that's been brilliant. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I mean, lads, uh, I, I want both of your input on this. Uh, you know, both of you come in whenever you can. Um, of course, we've got a sub. We've spoke about Alison. We've got a solid goalkeeper. We spoke about Virgil Van Dijk there. I mean, one of the things that us Liverpool fans have always mourned about is we've not had a solid spine since you know um, the Rafa days when we had Gerard Alonso, Reina, Carragher, Hippie. You know those kind of players. And now, I mean, I want to get your thoughts. I mean, if you um, if you look at say somebody like Alison, Virgil Van Dijk, Naby, and maybe if you bring in Fabinho, if he becomes a short starter, do you think that's a solid spine? Is that is that a spine that kind of Hopefully, starts winning things. Um, uh, let's have a discussion about it. For me, they're solid. Um, mm. Hopefully, they win things. <laughs> Obviously, there's no guarantees. But w- when I look at that performance of Fabinho, that that was his first ever Merseyside derby. You know, frenetic, mm. everything like that. You know, full on derby, and the, the guy looked like he was playing that game. You know, it, almost like you know he had the game going on in front of him at half at half speed. You know the way he was reading it, he was positioning everything. His first touch passing, it was sublime. That that guy 
was playing that game like it was a testimonial rather than it was rather than it was a derby. He was so calm. It, it was wonderful. It was great to see. So, yeah, if he could walk into his first derby and take it on like that, then I'm I'm quite comfortable and confident that he can uh, he can be the the man in the centre of the pitch for us in virtually any game. So, you know, you think of him, uh, what's going on behind him, and the important thing be behind him as well. You know, you're talking about that spine. Yeah, we've got the goalkeeper, and it's that triangle. You know, the centre backs, goalkeeper, mm. and and then yeah, into that midfield. But the goalkeeper, the two centre backs, the understanding between them, that feeling that they have. They they just work so well together. Virgil and and Joe Gomez, that, that understanding of, you know, when Wong's going, the covering, everything, they just it it just clicks and it is it's just magical to see. And it's not always, you know, you put on paper, this is the best centre back, and that'd be the best centre back. Imagine them as a partnership. Doesn't always work quite like that. You've got two excellent individual players, but together they are a they are just a beautiful partnership. And and that understanding with the keeper as well, it it just looks so much more assured. And you th you think you go back to Mignolet, how that must have been for defenders, never knowing whether he would come for crosses or he wouldn't come, or what he was going to do. You've got an understanding. You know you can read each other. And I I feel it, it's I'm still getting used to this feeling of utter confidence mm. in in our in centre backs and a goalkeeper at Liverpool because I've not felt it for so long. And we're starting to build in front of them as well. You know, we've got we know we've got a lot of a talent in attack. And Fabinho, for me, I like what I'm seeing. Naby Keita, if he can come on, we might just have the spine that we're looking for. Absolutely, I think that's the one thing that's really impressed me. I mean, you kind of spoke about Fabinho there. You know, kind of not played an awful lot of games, kind of removed from first-team action, been bought in Merseyside Derby, huge game. You know, you're meant to fill the void of Jordan Henderson. Uh, I say that in air quotes. And um, he does fantastically well. And today, Naby Keita, given, you know, a proper start, full game, and he absolutely delivers. I mean, they they impress me um, so much as uh, as the more I see them and I see what they add. Kuzi, uh, your thoughts on the, on the potential of them being a solid spine? The goalkeeper, yes. Gomez and Van Dijk, yes. I think they're the best centre-back pairing in the league. I know it's a small sample size, but I haven't seen anything better this season. Um, Firmino, last season's Firmino, definitely. So on that form, he's one of the best centre-forwards in, in the world last season. So I, I'd put that there as well. The midfield, I'm not sure because potentially, definitely. But I don't think he's quite there yet. They're not even regulars yet, um, Fabinho and Keita. Um, I think when they are regulars in the team, um, getting the sort of minutes that some of the other players we're talking about are getting, you know, we know we know Alisson's going to play. We know Gomez and, and Van Dijk, when fit, they're going to play. We know when Firmino's fit, he's going to play. That midfield area is a bit, it's a bit of musical chairs at the moment. It's like horses for courses. I'm not sure Klopp is, is, is sure what his best combination is yet. Um, and he's, I think he's still searching for the right sort of combination there. Um, but potentially, definitely, I see, I, I do see, you know, things in Fabinho's game and in Keita's game that I think, yep, they just need a run now and mm. um, they can be the business. And um, I think in a few months, my answer might be slightly different. I might be saying, yep, definitely for the midfield as well. But um, it's potentially there. Um, when you look at the spine under Rafa's best team, you look at Torres, you look at Gerard, Alonso, Mascherano, Pepe, Carragher and the keeper Reina at the time. 
that's just there's no ifs or buts about that spine. They were all fantastic. Yeah. Sort of two three years period. Um. So this 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 one is potential, but not quite at that level yet. Okay. So you you think there's potential there? Okay. Excellent. Lads, um, let's carry on talking. I think we'll discuss the other midfield um, duo. Um, one of them, of course, got a goal. I mean, that was, for me, um, the most James Milner goal. Um, our Lord, our Saviour, James Milner, comes through with a fucking goal again. I want to get your thoughts on, on the performance of James Milner and Jordan Henderson. Um, Andy, I'll come to you first, because um, I thought Jordan Henderson, as, as the game went on, looked better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, th- I thought he did okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought Milner, the the thing with Milner is you get, I know you sort of, it can be a bit of a cliche thing that you get endeavour from him, but he never stops going. He just keeps going and keeps trying. He'll always try to drive the game forward. And Even when he's having a stinker, right? He's yeah. still, he's still going to be committed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. It's, and I know it will be looked upon as that, oh, you know, it's an easy attribute and whatnot, but, but not everybody has that about them. And, and he does. And there's even little bits in there, like later in the game when he was moved to left back, little bits of snide about him as well. We got a free kick and I think Alisson was going to go to take the free kick and the ball rolled towards where Milner was. And he just back heeled it 10 yards further away from Alisson just to slow the game down a little bit more. You know, he's got this little bit in him. And I think we actually we need more players who have got a bit more of that about them. Um, I thought it was, you know, it was, it was a, a decent to, to good performance. The, the only thing that irritated me at times with Jordan Henderson, and I, I'm not a Jordan Henderson hater. I, I like him. I, I do think he's limited in, in the, the deeper role, but... He's still doing that thing where he he makes the pass a short pass into the centre backs. He receives it, passes straight into a centre back, and then runs towards them and demands it straight back off them, you know, <laughs> filling their space. It, it just kind of it just irritates me. The more I see it, the more it irritates me. It's this little habit, a bad habit that he has, and, and I would like to see him sort of turn and have the confidence to get up and start being more progressive at times because mm. I think he does it sometimes, and I think he could do it more, but. He gets about, he, he does get about the pitch. And I thought today he, he got around, uh, he worked his socks off. And it, I, I, it was one of them games where it was, that was the kind of performance we probably needed was just to get about the pitch, just to get at them uh, when we lose it, just to, to try and get it back as quickly as possible. Because we had a hell of a lot of possession. And and it was going to be always going to be more about the players a bit further up the pitch as to what they could do. So it was never about him being ultra creative because it's just not what he is. But I I thought they were they were both pretty decent, you know, no complaints from them. No, absolutely. And I think the opposition was absolutely spot on for those kind of players as well to kind of have a massive input in the game. Uh, Cousy, your thoughts on on Jordan Henson and Milner in this game, and you know your your thoughts on uh, James Milner coming through with the goods. I thought they struggled during Burnley's high press. Um, they, re- they pressed really well, and I think first 20, 25 minutes, maybe first 30 minutes, um, and we struggled to get anything going. I think Naby was probably the only midfield player that was able to sort of mm. resist it and, and, and come away with the ball, but a lot of um, controlling it and then passing it straight back to a centre-back and then doing that thing that Andy was talking about with, with Hendo especially, that sort of is a bit irritating. Um, but they seem to be under the cost, couldn't get anything going in, in that, in that period. However, they, um, 
they did come on. Um, they 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 both of, both of them um, played a lot better in the latter part of the first half. Yes, and then um, and then a lot better still in the second half when they had a bit more space to play. Um, I thought some of Milner's um, usage of the ball was very intelligent. Um, he made some good passes. He made some good forward runs as well. He, he got ahead of the ball on a number of occasions, and obviously the goal as well. The finish is is really good, and um, some of his delivery into the box, a lot of his play um, down the left hand side. Um, with, I think when, while Moreno was still on the pitch, and then some clever play when he was when he was at left back as well, um, over the far side near the corner flag. Um, I think he won a, a number of corners, and um, just just you know used the ball really intelligently, and that's what I like about him. When he's when he's fresh, when he's not asked to play like every three or four days, um, mm. he tends to have that in his game. He's he's, he's like a really intelligent footballer. Um, but when he's fatigued, he, he seems to make bad decisions and he can go missing for long periods. Um, that wasn't the case today. Today was one of his better days. And mm. uh, with, with Hendo, um, I, I struggled to, um, he didn't really stand out, which, I, which is probably a good thing in, in, in the position in him. I, I don't, I, I, coming away from the game, I didn't have a lot of notes on him, you know, mental notes on, on Hendo's performance, which probably tells me when about his business is decently, because usually, um, I remember the bad stuff with Hendo, which is probably, which is probably, mm. I, probably. I think unfair. some of the things that I noticed <laughs> in the second half that kind of I did remember were every time, um, say Bernie tried countering or tried bringing on an attack, he'd stick his foot in before the defence. Yeah, so sure. if he was in the deepest role, he was actually committed to that role, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, mm. and um, and and again, he didn't. He was he was clever with the ball in 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 the, in the second half. They didn't do anything stupid. Once once we were two one up, and there was no need to sort of make penetrative passes, then you're less irritated when they don't make them. It's when we're sort of nil nil one one and they're not making them, and you, you can get a bit frustrated. Um, but yeah, from Milner's side, I, I do like the way that he took it upon himself to make the forward runs go beyond the ball, and it's not it's not every time he does that. So yeah, that that was um I was impressed with that today. Wait, on a completely different side note, it was lovely seeing Adam Lalana handing Trent Alexander-Arnold shirt. Kit man, new role. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Can you get injured being a kit man? <laughs> uh, anything is possible. I remember um, Dida for England got injured on the bench. Pretty hmm? fucking iconic, that. Dida. Oh, uh, AC Milan goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah, the one who, who was about seven foot seven but still couldn't reach our shots. Yes, <laughs> that one. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's I think we've got to discuss the goals now. First of all, I mean, I want to get your briefly on theirs. I mean, they, it it's, it was a bit of a sucker punch, I'm not going to lie. Um I felt a bit sh- shell shocked. I was like, what the fuck? How did they just score that? There were so many errors. There was so, you know, there was calls for offside and, you know, did they take it out of Alison's hand? Was it fair? Was it legit? But of course the goal stood. I want to get your thoughts cuz I will come to you first. I was disgusted, by the way. I was bit, yeah, I was a bit pissed off because it was just when we started to get a foothold in the game, as I mentioned earlier, and had a couple of shots on goal, mm. started looking decent. We didn't concede. Initially, I thought that's got to be offside. Um, and then I thought we'd got away with it because I, I thought Alison jumped on the ball and all of a sudden it's still pinging around and ends up in the yeah. net. Yeah. Gutted. Um, and they refused to show a bloody replay of whether it was offside or not. That was pissing me off as well. Um, Ian Dowie on co-commentary was was um, mentioning it was offside might have been offside was it offside so he wasn't very um, definitive on it and they wouldn't show a replay so yeah it was very very annoying and with it being a a set piece and the fact that they blocked off Van Dyke 
and look, you know, all these sort of little details was just sort of adding to pissing me off. And um, yeah, it was good that we weren't losing for very long, but yeah, it was a, it was a sucker punch, as you, as you said. Gags has just come up with a point. Um, bottom of the table clubs are able to score against those Cardiff and now Burnley wankers. Insightful as ever, but he came up with the stats there. <laughs> Andy, I'll come to your thoughts on that goal. Quite angry and pent up on it on Twitter, as many Liverpool fans were. Your thoughts on that one? It, there's look, there's not a ways about it. He was offside. We'd had a couple of little scares. They'd had a couple that were ruled off for offside before that, and they were rightly ruled off for offside. And this, he was offside. And then as Allison goes on the ball, they actually kick it out of his hands. So it's it's also a foul. But Stuart Atwell, as I'd mentioned, is not a very good referee. And that's not just for us, that's for a lot of clubs. I think Wolverhampton Wanderers fans would go back to years ago when he first started a referee. I can't remember what it was, but it was absolutely calamitous. And it's unbelievable that he's still refereeing at this at this level of the game. He, he's the one who let um, uh, tackle halfway up the shin absolutely fine, but then touching someone in the back and they jump in the air, that's obviously a foul. Um, it, should, it shouldn't have been given. But, you know, aside from that, disappointing that we're all kind of caught a little bit flat-footed from the defensive side of it. They've reacted quicker than us, and that's not the first time. I think it was a PSG game as well where we weren't reacting as quickly as uh, as the opposition. I think the only one that I can remember really good for that was against Everton where Joe Gomez clears it off the line, uh, mm. where we actually reacted quicker than the attacking team. So, yeah, there, obviously there are things to be taken on from that. You know, the second, the whole thing on second balls is is a massive one, you know, so... It's it's still frustrating because VAR, you would imagine, rules that one out. So mm-hmm. bring it on yeah. next season, I say. I'm sure they will. And Andy, sticking with you, I'll let you talk about the first goal. I mean, if James Mil- that is James Milner epitomised, in my opinion. Quick reaction, boom, low and hard, kind of curves yeah. past the defence, hard, yeah. low chance. Well, no, he, he had a nice... I, I, like the, I like the fact that Hart had a on his... Yeah, the bottom corner, because <laughs> uh, we just had Ian Dowie telling us that Joe Hart has been in great form this season and he's such a good goalkeeper. Um, so it was it was uh, especially pleasing so he could get a nice, uh, nice view of it. But it was uh, it, it was absolutely needed at the time. And James Milner's stepped up uh, quite often for us, actually, uh, and scored some important goals. So we just needed something. I think we needed something to get us going. And maybe that's what that uh, Burnley goal was. You know, however we can um, be churlish about the award of it. Uh, maybe that was the catalyst we needed, you know, just to really get us to step up a gear and be a bit more determined and a bit more decisive and around the box. And it, um, yeah, it was a nice striking technique. Saw the opportunity, went for it. Good strike and uh, particularly pleasing. Absolutely. I'm going to bring Gags Tandon in right now because um, Cousy's little one is um, rather upset. So, Gags, you're going to step in my little tactical sub last minute. Um, I want to get your thoughts on Roberto Firmino. He does the no-look finishes, first touch finish. Talk to me. <laughs> I thought this was uh, this was class. This yeah. was so class. It was telegraphed. It was very clever. I thought, you know, the nice touch. Shakiri and Trent obviously mm. planned it. 
and the ball from Trent was no the ball from Trent yes. first and foremost is 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 insane. And mm-hmm. Virgil, the, the pace from him to get on the end of it and then slide in and, and square it to perfection. Mate, just those two you know, we, we were talking about Virg today in terms of how important he is defensively, but he can do more of that. He can do much so more of what he's gorgeous he balls today. today. He he was oh. pinging them in today. Oh yeah, gorgeous balls. Virgil van Dijk, there's a new song for you folks. Gorgeous balls. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, you know, we have had golden just balls, but yeah, um, I, I, he was fantastic. And the finish, nice and easy, exactly what we want from, uh, from Bobby, you know, to be in the right place at the right time to, to put us in the lead. And it was such a brilliant moment again. Uh, and it was, cre- it was created brilliantly, beautifully, absolutely perfect goal. Can I just say, guys, as easy as it was to finish, and obviously it is easy to finish from half a yard out, um, apart from Dave Okarigi uh, against Evan. Um, <laughs> but that one, he's, he's anticipating the play, isn't he? And him anticipating what's going to happen, reading the play, gets in the right position. His mind is quicker than the defenders, and that's why he's got that easy tap in, which is pleasing. Absolutely. Totally. Totally, mm-hmm. it's it's just so good. It was it was it was perfect in in every way. So, like I said, I really enjoyed watching that back on the replay. It was good, and then obviously we got Cuzzy to talk about the third goal. How dare you cue him in like that? It's my show, okay? Know your place, producer Cuzzy. Um, I'm gonna bring you back <laughs> in. Um, I hope the little one settled. Um, talk to me about the third goal because it was just like yes, relief. Thank you so much. Um, and I loved the intelligence from Mosala there as well. Completely selfless. I did a few fist pumps after that goal. Can I like, can I just say something before you actually talk about that goal? When I'm I'm a little bit blind and I was getting really confused with the kits. To me, they look the same color. So when Mosala played, I was like, "Who the fuck was that?" To you know what? I'm glad you said that because it was it was not it was me as well. There was a few. Thank passes you. Who the hell was that to? And then it <laughs> and then it's gone to our <laughs> gone to our players. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the gray seemed to have it's a bit weird in the background against the Burnley kit. I don't know what it was, or against the crowd. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, a few passes to the touchline. I was like, Who, who's that? Oh, oh, we still got the ball. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. How many times of this season have we complained about, you know, the counter attack sort of, you know, not really being as, um, as how can I say, effective and clinical as last season, and we've sort of messed up a lot of counters this season. But it was good to see one actually. You know, all sort of linked up with nice, clever play. Um, the Sturridge pass was was really good. At first, I thought he mishit it, but it was a, it was a nice dink pass, perfectly into um, Sella's stride, mm. and then it's unselfishly teed up um, Shakiri. There's been a few Salah performances where he would have probably tried to go alone, yes, and ignore and ignore Shakiri. But I'm glad, you know, that he you know he done the intelligent thing, um, and then the finish. Once it was on his left foot, I think I was just confident he was going to bury it. If it was on his right, I would, I would have been worried. But <laughs> <laughs> bounced nicely to his left, and it was hard, had no chance. And then, yet yeah, game over. So the relief after that hit the back of the net. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It was lovely. It was. It was absolute relief because, again, I think we mentioned earlier in the pod, um, Alison had to produce a world class save to keep us at two one as well. So you know. Crucial things happening on both on both ends of the pitch, which is what makes you an all competing side. So I'm very happy with that, lads. I think we pretty much discussed all the key talking points here. Um, before we go, um, before we go on to man of the match, is there anything you feel needs mentioning or something that we haven't mentioned that we need to discuss? And Andy, I'll come to you first. 
I'm struggling to think of anything. Uh, just just nice to uh, to get three points and, and eke out a win at uh, Burnley again. Two years running. Mm, absolutely. I was actually thinking then, um, we're really missing Ragnar Klavan here. You know, don't make me miss that guy. But luckily, <laughs> the lad through. <laughs> the raggy, uh, degsy uh, axis of uh, goal and assist. Absolutely, man. What a way to start off 2018. That's all. And what about you, Kuzi? I'm just going to say, what do we think of Sturridge's performance tonight? I, I thought he, I thought he grew, you know. Then he was, and then he was really, and then he played really well towards the end when he had a bit yes. of space. Yeah, um, I, I thought he really grew into it in the first half. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, this isn't me singling anyone out. I thought they were a bit off, except for Naby Van Dyke. Don't think anyone was having the best of games. It was just really like disjointed, and I felt like as the game went on and um, as we started playing better football and we came with a response, he looked more involved. And that, what I loved about him as well was. Things he brought, he busted a lot of myths that oh, he doesn't drop deep and he doesn't help out. He was doing all of that for me. I, I agree. Yeah, him and yeah. Sh- him and Sh- him and started off a bit flaky, mm. I thought, and then grew mm. into it. As you said, yeah, I was happy with their performances towards the end. Yeah, good yeah. to see him get the full minutes as well. You know, that to me was a massive positive as well. I mean, for me, my little um, takeaway from that game. Again, um, I'm, I don't have the best vision. And every time my stream went to a bird's eye view, I'm not going to lie. When Morena was playing, sometimes I felt like it was circa 1998 and I was watching Zinedine Zidane. Not because of the football ability. And don't get me wrong, Moreno had an all right game. But it's that blonde patch that he's got on top of his head. What's it looked like about? a ball spot. I thought he was bored a few Yes. <laughs> I thought it was fucking Zidane, mate. I'm not going to lie. So you know what? That's my little takeaway from that game, guys. Your man of the match. I I know it's probably between two players. Um, I'm really intrigued. Cluzy, I'll I'll come to you first. Who who pips it for you? Virgil by a mile. He was he mm. was he was magnificent in in the in that first half an hour that I keep going on about where um Burnley was pressing us and was sort of really putting us under the cosh, but not really creating anything clear cut. I think he's the reason why they couldn't create anything clear cut, and um. Yeah, he's just yeah, he was brilliant. Naby Naby had a good game, I think, but um, yeah, Virgil by, by a distance, I think, was a man of match. Oh, okay, Gags is saying Studge slowed the game down totally. Okay, I'm looking forward to your um stats at the oh at the end. Okay, well um, I look forward to your stats and Andy. What I meant, about I meant he slowed the game down in terms of professional, just cut killed All the right. game. Well, you know, say that. Don't, don't type things like yeah. I know you mean he took the sting out of the game for them. Let me finish my points. Sorry, a sack attacking you. It's way more fun. Shut up. All right, then. Thank you, Gags. So there you go. Gags confirms that he was playing very intelligent football there. And what about you, Andy? Who was your man of the match? Uh, just just on quickly on that Studge one, yeah, I, I I really loved late on in the game the way he was holding the, the ball up. Going into him, his technique is so good, just shifting it side to side, defenders looking for it and just bringing other players into it. And it just helped us keep possession at a time when we really needed to, you know, have that control of the game when they were looking to try and uh, get an equaliser. So I, I love that from Studge. His, his technique is, is beautiful. Um uh, I've, I've got to say honourable mention to Naby Keita because I thought mm-hmm. he did have a good game and and you mentioned it you know when when most people have started the game pretty sluggishly and as a team we were a bit sluggish till later in the first half Naby was the one who was getting it driving turning going at people uh, and and it was a really pleasing performance but um, got to give it to uh, to Van Dyke he, he he just ran the show really didn't he. 
He did absolutely. Although I'm not being funny, I'm inclined to side with Guy Drinkle here. He thinks Joe Hart was man of the match, <laughs> just for the banter's purposes of the new. Can I just say, Joe Hart will not be getting Head and Shoulders shampoo commercials for much longer. That bald, that baldness on top is showing more and more every day. <gasps> Look at you, you bit calling him out for his, um, uh, you know, lack of hair. But okay, I've, I didn't notice that. But hold on, did you just do the same to Moreno? No, but that was a bleach spot. Okay, He's not actually bald. I just said, and you know what? And Cousy agreed with me, so. There. Are we back in school? I'm just, I'm just happy that there's somebody who's got a shit vision as me. <laughs> I was wondering, what the hell is that on, on Moreno's head? I was wondering that throughout the fucking game. <laughs> He's just dyed the top of his hair blonde, bless him. Okay. No, um, I, lads, I have to agree. I think Virgil van Dijk definitely gets my match. I thought, um, he was not only incredible defensively, I thought some of the balls that he was playing out as well and some of the crossing. And he even got into a few of those headers as well. In the first half, he very nearly scored. Um, well, you know, connected with it, should have scored. And he gets an assist again. So, you know, happy days for him. Because the commentators did say, oh, he's so big. He should be doing more in the attack sense. And that that assist against Everton, it's not really an assist, is it? Like, they were like to stop talking it down, which I suppose they kind of have a point because even he laughed it off on Twitter as well. But, yep, Virgil van Dijk is my man of the match also and I think a lot of people are agreeing a few people are saying Naby catering there as well but guys that is the end of the Nina Kaiser show thank you so much to all our callers a massive thank you to all the people who have communicated with us in the chat box who have listened in live could not do this show without you I hope you enjoyed it we will get better at this massive thanks to Cuzzy and of course Andy but before I let you go lads is there anything to plug Cozy, I'll come to you. You're going to do more pods. Come on, man. More pods now. I've got a bit more time on my hands and um, I've got a decent microphone now. So okay, don't have to worry about shitty sound quality every time anymore. Um, so, yeah, I'll be doing some more pods. Um, no, I've not really been doing too much football writing lately. I am, I am trying my hand at writing a novel. So that's sort of keeping me busy Ooh. as well. So um, Fabulous yeah. stuff. Yeah. We're, st- we're still waiting on those articles, you know, those long monologues promised us from last season. We're still waiting for them. No, um, it's taking a back seat. <laughs> taking a back seat, absolutely. Well, um, uh, Dan Rods, um, Alison was his man of the match. Again, a great shout. And what about you, Andy? I know you're a busy guy. You've got Champions League coming up as well. So I'm sure you've got lots to plug. Yeah, Champions League pod, we're uh, recording that. I've got uh, Alex Barilaro and uh, Guy Drinkle coming on. Uh, that should be released hopefully Sunday. Uh, obviously going to be looking ahead to the Napoli game. It's going to be huge. Looking forward to that one. In the meantime, if you would, uh, please do check out the Reds review with myself and Guy. It's the December edition, so uh, we take a look back at everything that's happened uh, in November for the main for the main team uh, and the academy. And uh, we also had uh, Heather Carroll, who does the uh, the media for LFC Women, to give us an update on the LFC Women. And obviously, being me and Guy, we do a bit of FPL, we do a bit of trivia, and we look ahead to uh, all of December's matches, give our predictions. And uh, spoiler alert, Guy's doing better than me at the predictions. Fabulous stuff. So do check out um, the Red Review podcast. It's a good little magazine kind of podcast show where you can go back and relive some of the great moments and some painful ones in the Champions League. And Gags, I'm going to bring you back in. Please talk to the listeners about Discord because you know more about it than what I do. Yeah, you, you, your pod's on it, so you should know more about it, but I'll do it for you. No, no I mean how you kind of interact. <laughs> I know. So Discord is basically a server where we all go 
all of us, all any Liverpool fan can come on. We uh, have a free section as well, lots of chat areas, lots of groups to chat and stuff, especially, especially uh, after games. There's always in a way, there's always a game uh, chat. So because there's so many games at the moment, you just go in there, you can chat before it after it we're all in there all the time as well it's a good laugh as well and obviously you get you see the nerves and how things change as people are watching the game myself included um there's also a pro area so anfield index pro subscribers you get access if you let me know as soon as you join using the link anfieldindex.com forward slash discord that's anfieldindex.com forward slash discord if you go to that link and join and let me know in there and it's just at gags in here and say gags i'm a subscriber can you give me access you'll get access to all the ai pro pod chats as well so you can actually go and speak to the contributors of all the ai pro pro shows and uh, talk to them about the pod and they'll love that as well because obviously it's very nice to get feedback and it's very nice to have interaction about things. And also you can help plan next shows as well. If you have any ideas of what you want to hear about from everybody and what type of guests you can come in and have your say. So we're really opening it up to everybody. So yeah, that subscriber community is really good. And we've, you know, we're getting to know, I'm certainly getting to know a lot of uh, subscribers, which is dead, dead nice. So mm. it's it's always nice to know everybody. And then there's this element, the live shows. So this is the third live show we've done. We did one on a preview last week, and we've done two Nina Kaza shows. There will be there will be some well, like AI Pro Pods that will do uh, live that will then be released afterwards. So just stand for them. We'll 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 get to those as well. So yeah, that's an extra for subscribers only. Okay. So just subscribers get the live shows. So that's AI Pro subscribers at AmfieldIndex.com forward slash join. Uh, get to see all of the hidden parts in uh, in Discord and also get to listen to the pods for um, p- listen to the live pods as an added extra, which is lovely. Uh, this is going to be released as as normal. So the Nina Kyle show is live for subscribers first and then out as normal for everybody else. So it's a little added extra for, for subscribers, which is what we want to do. We want to build and build and build for you as much as we can. Oh, good. I'm glad you've done that. It, <sighs> it felt like you spoke for years. No, I, I echo everything <laughs> you said. The Discord app for me is absolutely... I did the Euro Incision podcast, and I had so many subscribers and um, and people just sort of uh, reaching out to me, telling me um, the feedback, what they liked, et cetera, et cetera. It's great. It's it's a bit more hands-on. I enjoy it. Um, it's it's way more fun. Um, it's better than Twitter, in my opinion. I'm just putting that out there. I love the fact that it's got like this fans, um, you know, like a fan forum element. So I'm yeah, I'm very area. very happy. It's yeah, you get all fans just speaking together. It's it's awesome, and you know there are other chats, but yeah, I. I I fully endorse Discord, and you know me, I'm a bit of a technophobe. I don't like new things. Um, with regards to AI Pro, please, there is some monster content coming your way from AI Pro, so all you've got to do is go to Anfield, www.anfieldindex.com forward slash join. I got that right, guys. Seven-day free trial. Check it out. I'm sure you love the content. Uh, and um, if, if you're not happy after seven days, you can cancel at any point, but I, I strongly, strongly doubt that you would. Um I will be back on Saturday with another post-match show. It'll probably be live again. So thank you so much for listening. And hopefully I'll be back discussing another win. Till next time, up the Reds.
Sports Social Podcast Network.